sometimes feel a bit puzzling. Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy. Or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Solve your financial puzzles? It takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me, and a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning, ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support, empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated, my voice amplified. For always feeling heard and saying without hesitation, I love what I do. That's why, EY. Mom, I got the job! She got the job! Who got the job? Granny! She got the job! She got the job! She got the job! Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. Hi, uh, I'm Paul Bateson. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Greenergy. Uh, we're the UK and Europe's largest producer of waste-based biodiesel, and we supply roughly 25% of the UK's petrol and diesel. Uh, we employ 1,800 people globally, uh, and we like to bring in apprentices if we can, bring them through the system, train them up to work on our biodiesel plants or in our terminals. And this is my duvet flip. Paul, and welcome. And you are our first guest on season three. And How do you feel? And we're live. And we are live, live. There's no going back now. No, exactly. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, thanks, Jack. Nice to meet you. You too, and thank you for coming over to do this and to share your wisdom, your knowledge, and your advice with thousands of young people today. Well, it's a pleasure, and we don't get these opportunities often enough, and it's always something that we... We try and figure out how can we connect with people, how can we explain our business to, to young people a little better, and how can we help them as well, and that's a, you know, that's a personal ambition of mine. And my first question is, how, is, how was you feeling coming on today? Um, this is unusual for us. We don't connect um, like this very often to such a big audience, massive audience actually. Um, we tend to work business to business, so um, it's unusual for us. So this is, I'm out of my comfort zone. So that's exciting. I like that you said that. And we're going to talk about comfort zones and coming out of your comfort zones when you, you're going into work in a bit. Yeah. Uh, don't kick me when I say this, uh, but we had the chairman of chairwoman of FA on. And oh. she said, Jack, you've got half of Wembley Stadium tuning in. Just, that's a <laughs> that's little, nice. Yes, little that's, that's nice. Yes, exactly. I haven't had that for a while, let's say. Absolutely. So <laughs> my first question is, well, my first thing that we do on this, it's a new season, so mm. always introducing 1%, how can we be 1% better and make the show 1% better, is your life and career journey in 60 seconds. My life and career journey in 60 seconds. Okay, so I, 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 I started, my early work was, was labouring and working in retail and working in cinemas. I went to university, I studied as a chemical engineer, I worked as a chemical engineer in an oil refinery for Esso. I then moved on to be a management consultant. I'm going to speak quickly now. Um, and then I joined a trading company where we traded uh, petrol and diesel. And I joined Greenergy in 2007, particularly to, because I wanted to get involved in renewables and uh, because we needed to lower the emissions from the fuels that we're selling. And I've been there since 2007. Wow. Here you go, you did it in 60 seconds. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, I want, we're going to tap into a little bit more about your journey, but 
the the first question that I have now is all around your first job. Yeah. What was your first job? Tell me a little bit about that experience. How did you get the job? What yeah. was it? And what do you wish you knew before joining that job? Yeah. Yeah. That you want to kind of share with others. It's a real challenge, the first job. It's a really important one, isn't it? But I mean, I was lucky. My I, my first job was uh, as a labourer, actually, and a fertiliser plant, plant that made fertiliser and barking down in Essex on the River Thames. That's why I was I was telling you earlier on, I enjoyed looking at the River Thames because that was where my first job was. Um, and I got it through my father. My father knew the people that, uh, that ran the plant and... Um, and so he got me in there. So it always helps to have a connection in order to get your first job because it's a tough one. Um, and the job was very varied. I was doing all sorts of things from you know, mending pallets to loading lorries with 50 kilos sacks of fertiliser to unloading bulk cargo ships on the Thames and, uh, and even sitting in the gatehouse and just stamping bits of paper when, when the... Uh, when the lorries came in or went out. So it was an interesting environment. This was, you know, I was 14 at the time. You, pro you probably couldn't, do, well, you couldn't do that today. That would be, you know, breach of all the health and safety regulations because they've improved a lot over the years. Um, so, I mean, what should I have known at the time, ideally? Well, in your first job, I always think, well, you don't know a lot about business. And I always think it's a bit unfair when, when we as as sort of experienced business people ask young people to you know, tell us what they've done to make a difference in their last job when they haven't had a job before. That's not very fair. So uh, you're learning everything. You're learning an awful lot. You're, you're learning about people. You're learning about industry. And if I was to look back today with my health and safety hat on, because one of the things I do is look after our health and safety organisation, I'd have probably said, you probably shouldn't have done some of the things that you did back then. Like, you know, we didn't wear hard hats, we didn't wear gloves, we didn't wear high vis. So I'm working in a cargo hold of a bulk ship with no hard hat on, with, uh, you know, all those things are wrong. So I, I shouldn't have put myself in that position. And I would hope that today, if anybody who works in our organisation found themselves in that situation, that they'd walk away from the, from there and just pick up the phone to their boss and or me and, and say, look, this has happened what should I do? And that's what I shouldn't have done, was walked away, but anyway, I didn't. And uh, it was a good experience. I met a lot of interesting characters along the way and earned a bit of money. And, and that, was, that was an important lesson as well, that, that ability to go and work hard, do a bit of overtime, earn a bit of money, made a difference. So uh, you've opened so many questions for me, and this is why we kind of don't give questions before the show, because it, opened, it can go down any kind of road, and I love that, because then it's authentic, it's honest. You started work at 14. You're totally right, the age uh, to start work now is a little bit higher. But why is, what is your advice to young people? Why is it so important for anyone 18 to 25 years old, or 16 to 25, to start early? What, what, is, what, what is the benefit of starting work earlier than you can, like early rather than later? Well, money's one of them for, for obvious reasons. You know, everybody, you know, at that age is, they want to go out, they want to buy things, they want to do stuff, and, and money helps. So, uh, starting work early, getting that, learning that contract between you and your employer that you do work and they pay you and that's you know that's a good thing um that's important but these days especially it's a very competitive marketplace for young people and just to gain those experiences to say i've worked in a shop even if it's a charity shop i've worked in a shop i've served people i've i've worked with a team i've gained experience and and all of that will help develop that cv and it will it will mark you out as somebody who has who has had some experience who's prepared to go out and 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 put some effort in because you could stay at home i suppose and not do that if mum's prepared to pay for you to stay at home and watch tv um but that'll mark you out as somebody who wants to go out and achieve and contribute and develop and you'll learn from you know whether it's working with the, your workmates or working with customers or you know just seeing as I did some perhaps things that shouldn't have happened in terms of 
of health and safety. And uh, even at that age, it did click with me that this is dangerous. I need to be careful here. I need to make sure I don't stand underneath that thing. And, and those life experiences, you don't really get in the school always, whereas you do in the workplace as well. And I think that's important. And was it your own decision to kind of start work or was you influenced by your father? Me growing up, my dad said, Jack, you need to earn money. So go and find yourself a paper round. And that's what I did. I got myself on a paper round. And and I didn't realise at the time, I was like, oh, come on, everyone else isn't. Why do I have to do this? What what influenced you to kind of start getting to that job? Well, I think I had the same same uh, training coaching from my father as well and had, uh, that work ethic to develop that because he very much had that work ethic and, and worked till he was you know mid late 70s uh, he you know that he encouraged me he facilitated it as well so I have to thank him for that and you know help me out and and but yeah I think it was it, it was him but then I kept going back to this place, you know, summer after summer. This was my summer job. Um, and, you know, I was in the end asking him, can you get me some work? Can you get me some work? Because, first of all, I was quite enjoying it. The guys were good fun to work with down there. It was good experience. But I enjoyed the money as well. And, and that made a difference. Let's talk a little bit about money. When you get your first pay slip, what should you do? Because I know there's <laughs> loads of different advice all over the place what you should do and we've had guests on that says in your first pay slip don't save anything go and enjoy it we've had guests say no no put half of it away what is your advice when it comes to your your, your pay slip and your money because financial well-being at the moment across this country yeah. is at an all-time low yeah people and young people especially don't understand what it means to manage their money, they don't know what pensions are, they don't know what they're, who they're banking with really, all they know is the logo. What's your advice when it comes to managing your money and earn your first pay slip? Well, I mean, that is a great question and, and, and there's no right answer to it, is there, I don't think, but I mean, one thing you could do is buy your parents something. You know, they've put a lot into you at that point in time, or your guardians, whoever's looked after you and brought you up, you know, buy them some flowers or something. Enjoy some of it. I think you should reward yourself a little bit. Enjoy some of it. Um, and it depends on your situation. You, m- you might not be able to go out and enjoy You might have to use that money to buy food. You might have to use that money to pay the rent. So um, there's no right answer there. But if you can enjoy a bit of it, enjoy some of it. If you can celebrate someone else's contribution to your upbringing, that'd be a nice thing to do, I think. I, I love what you said there. Show the appreciation by buying some flowers or a, a, a bottle or whatever it is to that individual who helped you got that get that job. Yeah, it's that nice shows thing. so much emotional intelligence and kindness in your approach. That's the starter, isn't it? It's a starter, but recognise that they've put kindness and emotional support into your life to get you there in the first place, and that's we never say thank you enough to those people. Um, so it. It's a nice thing to do. I, I can't say I did it, but I wish I did. And is there anyone that you, in your career, that you didn't say thank you to that you wish you did? Um, yeah, yeah, there's, 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 you know, we lose people along the way occasionally. And, you know, there's been people that I have worked with who were influences on me. And you always assume you'll be seeing them again in the future. And, and I never did. On one occasion, I never said thank you to him for some guidance and help he gave me. So say thank you as soon as you can. Yeah, you might not get the chance. And that, that brings the grace in terms of the workplace. And you, you just don't know who you're going to bump into again as well with, on your journey. So uh, as long as being nice, be nice to everyone, that interview everywhere you go. Absolutely. Always make sure the door's open so you can go back again. You know, we all... We don't all, but most people these days change jobs through their careers and move on and go different places. And you might change, decide to change job because you hate it at the time. But leave with grace and make sure you do a good job right up to the last minute. Because you might one day meet that person who was annoying you in a different scenario and different environment. And you might want to then sell something to them, buy something from them 
work for them again in the future. But leave with grace and do a good job until the last minute if you can. And as you say, even in the interviews, if the interview's not going well, and that happens from time to time, and I, I can remember being in an interview when I was just fit, trying to get my first job, and it wasn't going well. And towards the end of it, I said, this isn't going very well, is it? And he said, no, so shall we just finish now? And, and that's fine to do that if it's not going very well. And then you've, you've given him 10 minutes of his life back at least. So he's not upset about that. Um, but yeah, leave with grace and, and, and always leave the door open because you never know. And it is interesting how we see people again down the road, down the, you know, through, through our careers. And of course with LinkedIn and these kind of connectivity Absolutely. apps these days, you don't lose contact so easily with people either. Absolutely. You, in, your, in your first job, you talked about overtime and hard work. Can you just break those down, what those two things mean? Because a lot of young people will be like, what is overtime? And, right, yeah. and also, what is hard work? So what does hard work mean to you yeah. as a professional? Well, it, it, you know, today, for me, our hard work is, is going to be about maybe putting a little bit of extra time in, um, spending time preparing for what you're doing in your own time at times. Um, it can mean going the extra mile. So I've, I've finished this report. I can make it look a bit nicer. I could just deliver it as it is, make it look a bit nicer, make it easy for the person to read. Then it will be more impactful. If you make someone's job easy, who, who's receiving that report, then they're impressed and they're happy. And, and that should be reflected in your performance review, maybe your next pay rise, maybe the next job opportunity that you get. So going that little extra mile, that's, that's hard work. Being prepared to work late if you're being asked to work late on something. It depends on what kind of job you've got. You might have a job which is a you know, fixed shift or you might have a job which isn't a fixed shift but something comes up at the end of the day and you're asked to work a bit, little bit longer, a little bit later. And that can be hard. And that can mean that you don't get home when you want to. You don't get to do the things that you want to when you get home. So you're giving up your time for the workplace. And that, that for me is what hard work means. In my example of being a labourer, hard work actually meant physically hard work as well. And so I was, you know, when you're, when you're unloading a, a, a dry cargo ship, basically the, the, the crane grabs will lift the bulk of the material out of there, but then you're left with this material in the sides of the ship and you have to shovel that by hand. And you need to get the ship off on its tide the team are then being are working to get it off on its tide, and they're getting a bonus if they if you get the ship off on its tide. So you have to you have to muck in and and physically work hard. So you know you got depends on what you're doing, what hard work really means. And in your career, have you ever found yourself not working hard? And what is your what is your tips for young people in terms of getting back on track? We all have we all have bad days. We have days where we don't feel. We want to do much. And no, exactly. Every, everybody has off days, you know, for, for whatever the reason is. You haven't slept well. Your friend's not feeling great. You've got a problem with the plumbing at home or something. And, you know, you've, you're having an off day. We just fed up with this task, which is relentless and never ending. And you keep coming back to it. You never seem to be making any progress. Um, and those, we all have those days. Um, it helps if you're, you know, your, your overall job is in you're doing something that excites you and that you like doing and you know and no job is all about glamour and fun and excitement everybody has to do the graft the nitty-gritty stuff the stuff they don't really like doing i mean i've reached the point in time where i can just tell myself get on and do it and get it done and then it's done and finished and put away and i and what i actually do is i say right if i can get this done by lunchtime it's out of the way and then it's not going to be hanging over my head for the rest of the day. So I, I, know I, I set myself a, a, a time, a target, lunchtime, five o'clock, four o'clock, then I'll have a cup of tea and I'll get it done. So I set myself a sort of a target and maybe a little a reward to, to get it done and break it down into smaller pieces as well. So if you've got a massive task that you don't know how you're going to get through or you don't want to do because you know it's going to take forever maybe think about just 
starting it, do the first paragraph of the report or the first column of the analysis, break it down into smaller pieces, and then you've done part of it, and then you're going to feel better about yourself already because I've, I've started and I've achieved and I've done something, done part of it, and it's no longer hanging over your head because I think in many cases you're not feeling great the thing is hanging over your head. How am I going to do this? How am I going to get through this? But at least start the thing. And maybe talk to your colleagues as well. Can you help me here? I'm struggling today. Um, you know, that's, it's all about working in teams these days. It's all about working with people. Can they help you? Can they offer you some advice? Can, can somebody else pick something up for you as well? I've, I'm really not feeling very well today. Could you help me out with this? I'll do it back to you later on. I think that's fantastic advice. So set a start line, micro commitments, and set a due date, whether that's lunchtime, whatever that is. Isn't that fantastic advice? I think so many young people who are starting their first jobs or who have started their first jobs who are watching in today will get that motivation, especially when they're working at home. It can be a bit lonely and tough working at home. Am I on the right track? I can't feel or hear anyone around me. I think that's great advice. I agree. I mean, and homeworking is great because it gives us flexibility and it's great because I don't think any of us like the commute. Um, But as you say, you're on your own. You don't have that buzz around you. You don't have your colleagues. And especially for young people, I think, to be in an office with people around them. uh, Personally, when I was starting out in my career, I enjoyed working with the people in the office and and having people around me um, but yeah it, if you're at home and you're stuck and you don't know what to do use teams use a text just talk to someone about maybe what should i do but breaking it down setting yourself little targets and give yourself a reward have a cup of coffee when you've done the first thing have a biscuit well you know whatever it is do some press-ups <laughs> do whatever you want yeah. <laughs> So you're, you're the COO, Chief Operating Officer. What is one thing you love about your job and one thing that you dislike, but you, are you I, I, I call them cheers and chores. Mm. Uh, in the, every job you have your cheers and you have your chores that you have to do. Mm. What, what is that for you? Well, cheers, what do I like? I mean, I like the industry. I like the renewables industry. I like the oil industry. We have such a, you know, international... Political situations affect our industry. Car buying decisions affect our industry. There's always something going on. I, and I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy the, the, how do we make this better? How do we take this thing forward? How do we think and work our way through this complicated situation? So I enjoy those brainstorming meetings, really. And they can be, not necessarily meetings, they can be just us sitting around the desk, talking amongst ourselves, uh, this is this has happened. What should we do about it? How do we fix it? Come up with a plan. Off we go and execute it. And that's you know that I, I enjoy that. That's great. It's not so great when stuff goes wrong, of course. And you know when you're in the operations part of the world, and the operations part of the world is is you know chief operating officer is responsible for what a company actually does and delivers. Um, and so you know every business has has things go wrong for them Um, and it can be something which affects your customers or it can be something which the customers are not affected by and the customer is doesn't matter what business you're in you've got to look after your customer the customer is your lifeblood if your customer doesn't come back to you then you you've got to go and sell again and that's hard once you've got a customer keep them Um, but if if something goes wrong and it affects a customer You've got to make it right for him. You've got to fix it for him. And you've got to make it easy for him. And, and I would say to the teams, you know, look, stuff goes wrong. We, have, we all have issues and bad things. It's how we fix it and how we recover from it that defines us. And that's, you know, that's, you can come out of it smelling of roses if you do it right. Because the customer says, yeah, that could have happened to me. That, I mean, I, that... That could have gone wrong for me, but they've made it easy for me. They've fixed it for me. And most of doing that right is just over communicating with them. A lot of things break down with communication. And I have literally had that comment back to us. You know, when we've done a really good job of, I wouldn't want to say we fit, we break, we we have all these issues. But when we've had an issue, the feedback 
you you always pick the phone up you always call me you always let me know what was going on and that's so important you cannot over communicate in these scenarios and and it's easy especially for inexperienced people to think oh they don't need to know that they do need to know that because their boss is asking them what's going on what's going on just take the pressure off them tell them what's going on be open honest transparent and then you've You've helped them. You've helped them answer up the line to their boss what's going on. Absolutely. We're going to take a break. And I'm so glad that you said you love uh, fixing the industry and working on the industry. Because we're going to talk about the industry after the break. So everyone, grab a tea, grab a biscuit. Or like Paul said, do a press up. And we'll <laughs> see you in under six minutes. clever about selling yourself short. Oh my God. I can't tell you how many people, when you dig into their success stories, look how many failures they had mm -hmm. first. And what marks them out is their character. And you can control your character. You know, how you respond to loss, how you respond mm -hmm. to adversity. And what was the last thing you lost? My job, um, uh, I suppose. You've got to be honest with yourself, what went wrong. You've got to then have a realistic plan to put it right. And, you know, bags of determination and self-belief. And the fear of failure, I think you've got to get over that. How do you not let that get to you? I wouldn't say love the adversity, but respect that the adversity will make you better. I've been privileged to see you at various different junctures and it was very inspiring then, but look how far you've come. It's amazing. <laughs> and if you just relentlessly focused on moving forward, learning the lessons of life, I think it's a recipe for success. And don't let others dictate to you your view of the world, let alone yourself. I said I wanted to be true to my convictions. I wanted to find the right life partner and give my kids the best opportunities I could. Deutsche Bank is the largest bank in the UK that you have never heard of. You know, the environment's very challenging, I think, for young people. Therefore, seek out every opportunity. Don't underestimate how long it's going to take to get up in the morning. <laughs> and I always say, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. I think when anyone is starting a Saturday job and you're a teenager, the biggest thing is getting out of bed. That commitment piece is really important. We know that there are young people for whom actually going to university, spending three, four years, isn't something that they want to do. They want to get out into the world of work immediately. We've got an operations talent program, lots of different types of ways in which you can actually come into the organization and understand what's available. So go into a meeting looking for that curious conversation. Absolutely. So I think it's always striking a balance between not sort of interjecting at the wrong times or too frequently, whilst at the same time, if you genuinely have something to say that can add to the conversation and to the discussion, you should absolutely say it. So even though I've been at the bank for 25 years, I feel like I've had five different careers. It's a cliche, but really fake it till you make it. We're looking to grow our businesses. That really is the best advice. Finances can sometimes feel a bit puzzling. Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy. Or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles? It takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for it. Knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning, 
ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support, empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated, my voice amplified, but always feeling heard and saying without hesitation, I love what I do. That's why. EY. Mom, I got the job! She got the job! Who got the job? <laughs> Ready! She got the job! She got the job! She got the job! Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. I'm so excited, I can't tell you, you know, I just want to scream and shout. <laughs> Have you ever had an experience where you've gone into a job and thought, oh, what have I done? I felt sick to the pit of my stomach that I've made a bad mistake. I mean, I was ashamed to get a final written warning. And it is the ability to be able to take those, um, those situations and genuinely learn from them without letting them destroy you. Today's news is tomorrow's chip paper. So if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't look right, it probably isn't right. You know, an awful lot is common sense. And one of the surprising things about common sense is it's not very common. Make your choice, make the choice conscious, and then when you are wherever you are, be present when you're present. Am I learning? Can I have influence? And am I going to enjoy this? In any situation, there are things you control and there are things you can't control. You've got more control than you realise, but equally, don't fret about the things you can't control, because that is the definition of madness. There's Long a real comes. lesson there, isn't it? It's find the miracle in every situation. Yeah, yeah. Failure is not fatal. Your ability to bounce back and be resilient, for me, is the thing that has made me who I am. Welcome back everyone to My Duvet Flip, the careers, the career show, where we're here with Paul talking about his fantastic career and how you can navigate your career. And I know a lot of you at the moment may be feeling a bit lost. I understand sometimes I wake up feeling, you know what, I have imposter syndrome today and I don't want to get out of bed and have I got it right or have I got it wrong? You know what, the truth is we're all just trying to figure it out. But that's why we bring fantastic leaders onto this podcast to help you get from A to B. So Paul, we've topped up our teas, you've mm. had a biscuit, I've done a sit up. No, that's a lie, I, I didn't. Uh, I, I did have a biscuit. You did have it was a very biscuit. nice, thank you. You did. And... Um, I want to talk a little bit about the industry. Hmm. Like, I, I'm not an expert. You're the expert in the industry. Educate us. What is the industry? What does renewable mean? How does it all work? I'm just fascinated. Okay. And then how can young people get involved with it? Because I know you have some fantastic programs for youth, but we'll put that as part two. Okay. Tell me a little bit about the industry, some things that we don't know. Well, let's talk about the renewables part of the industry. So, so for us, renewables means biodiesel and bioethanol at the moment. And what's renewable about those is they're both ultimately made from plants. And you, the renewable bit means that you convert that plant ultimately into the into the renewable fuel and you can grow the plant again and make some more and they are lower carbon so if you take our biodiesel the carbon emissions from our biodiesel is 87 to 90 percent lower than the emissions you get from regular diesel so it, it it can do a lot in terms of reducing carbon emissions it's not quite the same physically as regular diesel and bioethanol is not quite the same as regular petrol so we have industry standards which limit the amount that we can blend into the fuel that we sell to retail customers so if you go to a petrol station you're a retail customer and your the fuel you get received there will be determined by industry standards we make biodiesel we've got three biodiesel plants two in the uk teesside immingham and one in amsterdam in holland um, and we buy used cooking oil from all over the world. Now, used cooking oil is the stuff after the chips have been fried or the chicken's been fried, 
Um, that all gets collected up by guys in vans who drive to the back of restaurants, um, collected up in 25 litre buckets. It's aggregated together and we move it in all sizes of containers from, from blue barrels to ISO containers, which are like a big shipping container, um, and through to ships, cargo ships, where we might bring five, ten thousand 10,000 tonnes of it. And we take it to our biodiesel plants where we react it with methanol and we produce biodiesel. And we then move that into the fuel chain, so we, where we blend it with diesel, and we take bioethanol from ethanol producers. Ethanol is made from either sugar or wheat, um, and we blend that into the gasoline, the petrol that we then sell to retailers. Wow. So our role is to go to the international markets and buy the bulk, move it to the, to the UK, and, and then blend it and sell it on to trucks, tankers, which you see driving. You'll see green energy tankers driving around. You'll see FlexiGrid tankers. Green energy FlexiGrid is our haulage company. Um, and they, they deliver it to the retail stations, to the bus companies, to the haulage companies. That's our role, is to, is to get the oil from the international markets in big sizes to make the biodiesel and to blend it and, and supply it to the, uh, to the consumer eventually. And you say it so seamlessly. <laughs> and I know there's a lot that goes into it in terms of each stage. You've given me a bit of imposter syndrome thinking, wow. I have that as well. <laughs> <laughs> you joined there in 2007. Yeah. How, what opportunities are there available? Say I was joining tomorrow. What you just said sounds fantastic. There's a lot to learn. But can, we, can you just break that up? What are some of the roles? Yeah that 18 to 25 year olds can, could do yeah. by getting into the industry? And how do they go and find the reno, renewable energy jobs? So, I mean, we, we, we have various routes into green energy for young people. I mean, the one that I like the most is our apprenticeship scheme and we're trying to grow it and build it. So, so we take apprentices into our, our tank storage terminals and into our biodiesel plants. And we're working on a program to get apprentices into our, our haulage group as well. Um, an apprentice in the biodiesel plant could come in as an engineering apprentice, could come in as um, an administrative apprentice. They could come into the London office as an IT apprentice. Um, we, we, we basically bring them in at, in all our locations and, uh, and they'll go through an apprenticeship. They'll come out with a qualification at the end of it and hopefully we'll have a job to offer them at the end of it but that you know that's a great way to come in um, if you're a university graduate we take on university graduates as well um, into some of our more commercial roles um, doesn't it say you can't get into green energy without a degree we're also very proud that we will you know we've we've developed this long history of, of bringing people through our reception desk into our into our commercial area and into our administrative areas. And, you know, our, our UK commercial director started with us on the on the reception desk, albeit 20 years ago. She's worked her way up through the the organisation. But you know that that for me, get any job if you really want to go for a company, get any job, work hard, do a little bit more than you're asked to do, help people, and you'll. People will notice you, and if an opportunity comes up, I, I don't think we're unique in saying we'd rather move someone internally than bring someone in from outside. So once you're in the door, and you can start to to work hard, to engage, to learn about the business, and if an opportunity comes up, you should have a chance to apply for it. So a bit like you said earlier around keeping your doors open, you also have to keep your internal doors open. Totally, yeah, totally, and, and you know. Well, one of the things I always say, or like to say, when I get an opportunity to young people is, is ask questions, ask what's going on. There's no, there's no silly question ever. Um, and try and learn about the, the, where you're working and learn about your, your business. You know, be curious. We have this kind of lots of different mottos, but be curious about what's going on around you. You've, you've done this report. The number looks way bigger than you expected to at the bottom of it is it right is it really right ask you know your, your colleagues ask your boss does that look right to you it doesn't look right to me you know and how is it how's it come about or 
ask, where does where does this come from? I'm I'm working in an optician's. You know, where do the glasses come from? Where does the glass come from? How do you grind the glass? Just ask and learn about about things and be curious. Uh, and you know, education is really really important. And we can we can have formal education and we can have informal education and we can have on the job education. And I'm, I'm a big believer in all of those things. And on the job education is learning from your colleagues, learning from the you know the training schemes that your employer offers to you and i would say most good employers these days will offer lots and lots of training schemes and it's great that we can now have all of this online content as well but also read around you know read the newspapers if there's something about your industry in the newspaper read about it see what's going on see what's what's driving things and and all of that comes together um, I don't think I answered your question of how you network in, internally, but by asking questions and learning more, you're meeting people, you're inquiring, maybe you'll go and see someone in the department next door to talk about what they do. Um, those kind of opportunities, if you get them, take them, jump at them. And what would, you, uh, along with asking questions, I'm a big believer, go from having all the answers to mm. all the questions and everything you do, mm-hmm. you cannot lose. No. And totally agree with being curious and be curious, ask the questions. What uh, what would you be looking for in an apprentice joining? Say I'm sitting in front of you right now and you're interviewing me for an apprentice job. IT London, for instance. Mm. What would you be looking for? And what would you be looking for me to present? And what is your advice to young people going into interviews? Because it's nerve-wracking well, like going into any interview. T- tell me about it. I'm live speaking <laughs> to 52,000 people. So, um, yeah, look, first thing, prepare. Because that will help you. Prepare. And preparation, the very mechanical side of preparation is, you know, figure out where you've got to go. So I looked up where this place was this, you know, this morning. First thing I did, I know I've got to be there for whatever it was, quarter to 12. How long is it going to take me to get there? How am I going to get there? I, I looked at the tube. Is the tube running? I, I did my Google Maps. How long is it going to take me to walk from bank to get to here? Prepare those mechanical things. How am I going to get there? What am I going to look like? Am I going to, you know, do I know what I'm going to put on for for the interview? All of that, get that sorted in advance because you don't want to be worrying about that on the day. So figure it all out, prepare. And then prepare a little bit about the opportunity. Read about the company. They'll have a website. Go and read about it, about us. They'll tell you what they do. You'd be surprised how few people bother to read that, and it does. You know, it's it's there, and it just makes you look like, yeah, this guy is interested. What I'm really looking for is someone of that age. I want someone who's enthusiastic and passionate, and gives me the impression they really want this, and they're going to grasp this with with both hands and take the opportunity. And then who knows where they're going to go? They could sail. They could be the CEO next. So you know, the the point is. We're not looking for the rounded, finished article at that age. Well, I'm certainly not, because I think that'd be just naive and dreaming to think that they are. The whole point about it is we're going to train people. We're going to teach you stuff. Have you got the raw material? Well, I assume to get through the door, you've got the qualifications, frankly. And, and, you know, a lot of hard work's gone into that. I'm not demeaning that. But then once you've got in the door in the interview, enthusiasm... And that means I've done some research. I've thought about this company. This is, I like this company. That's why I want to work for them. And try and bring that across in the interview by you know, just demonstrating that you have done that work and done that research and that you are enthusiastic and energetic. Paul, I think that's practical and great advice. I grew up in a council estate, so we didn't really have many clothes. Mm. And I used to always worry about when school used to be dressed down day. Yeah. I used to always worry and I used to always it's the only day that I turn up to school late yeah. so time management is a big thing for me making sure I'm always on time and when I started a business I got myself into the same issue in terms of what do I wear I'm going to meet this CEO I'm going to go and do this so I just think simplified everything yeah. so I just wear black yeah. so I have seven this is a Mark Zuckerberg moment yeah it is it? Yeah. and you know what I don't my trainers are different each day but seven tops 
all black, seven bottoms, and that's all I do. And you know what? It's just made my life. It saves me 15 to 20 minutes each day. That, isn't that great? You've de-stressed yourself. You've taken away a situation, preparation. You've thought about it. You've come up with a solution. Works. And, and look, these days, as long as you're smart, it doesn't matter. You don't, I mean, I'm wearing a collar, but that doesn't matter, does it, these days? And in Absolutely. most situations. So, you know, you can just... if. Make it easy for yourself on the day of the interview, especially that preparation. How do you get there? And if you are late, phone them up, send a message, just tell them the train's late, the train's broken down, whatever it is. Just tell tell them what's going on. Most people say, "Oh crumbs, bad luck." Let's see you in an hour when you get here. Just let us know, and and then you've taken the stress out of the situation. But you know, try and. It's over communicating again. It's but just talk to them, send them a message. I'm late. This has happened. Or if I'm ill, tell them I'm sorry. I'm ill, and and that does happen sadly. And so you know it's uh, and, and there's nothing worse, is there, than trying to turn up and do an interview if you're not feeling well. I agree. So I use this saying: even if your day's moving at pace, turn up with grace. Yeah. And it's it's so important. And that those text messages or those messages are really important. Hmm. But remember how you message as well. Yes. I think because there's a t- you can you can you can read a thousand thousand things in an email and a message. That's why I always sign mine off with kindness. Yeah. Um, sending this with lots of kindness, sending this with loads of happiness, just yeah. so people know. My message might be short because I'm dyslexic, but it just shows when yeah. there is a negative email or message coming in on LinkedIn. You just. Just remember that I'm sending this message with uh, grace and kindness at the end of it. That's a great technique. That's a great technique. Yeah, and just read it before you hit send as well. That's because we all, you know, predictive message text can say the wrong thing as well. So, yeah, I, I agree. Just think about it. And it doesn't have to be a long message either. People understand. We all, you know, we're all, we're all lived in this world. So the, the, your industry, from doing some Google, it's got some negativity it's, mm. and it's on the global stage mm. uh, as you can see there's loads of protests there's those are things going on mm. what are some of the positive stuff because you know this is a positive show and i don't really care yeah. about the negative stuff we'll leave that to daily mail to do <laughs> uh, but what is the positive some of the positive stuff that the industry's doing to to shift the dial and to actually make the future more sustainable mm. and renewable mm. and you may be able to talk about on behalf of your company, but as an industry as a whole, what what are, they, what are you doing? What's the initiative? Well, look, I mean, as as Greenergy, we 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 are highly focused and have been for for many years on helping our customers, and our customers' customers are the retail customers, to 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 buy a lower carbon fuel and to run a lower lower carbon fuel and to to lower their emissions. We absolutely believe in that. That that. That we can we can do more today than we are doing, and, and you know we, we spoke about it earlier. But you know the ambition towards net zero, we, we absolutely support that. Um, it's very complicated how you get there and what you have to do to get there. And there are perhaps simpler things that we can do now. Slightly higher biofuels content in our in our road fuels, higher biofuels content in our buses and lorries, which are you know they, I call them commercial customers. They they have well-informed engineers running their fleets. They understand these things. And the industry is all about trying to find these pathways. How can we, how can we provide a fuel that, that allows people to get to work, allows people to go on holiday, allows people to, to live their lives? Because we're all absolutely reliant on, on transport. And the, the zero-carbon solutions are, are not actually there yet. And so we can't just flick a switch and go there. The industry is trying to find a pathway that minimizes the cost for people because, you know, you talked about it earlier on. The cost of living is, is, is a really big problem for a lot of people. So we can't, we can't assume that everybody can afford to switch to the, you know, a Tesla tomorrow. And a Tesla is only zero emissions if the electricity that you put into the Tesla is zero emissions as well. Um, so, you know, you need to find solutions which people can afford and can work with. And so we're very engaged in that. And how can we do that? And we're finding unique 
fuels from from non-conventional sources which are, are low carbon so we're working on projects to turn end-of-life tires massive problem so every every vehicle has rubber tires and when they reach the end of their life what do you do with them yes yes you can put some of them in rows and yes you can make playgrounds out some of them but still today a lot of them get burnt somewhere so can we convert that into a liquid fuel which then you can run in your in your car and we're working on projects of, of that nature um, the industry's ready to employ capital in these projects but there are technical challenges to get there and there's a lot of smart people looking at how to solve those technical challenges um, so where i'm saying is there's there's a lot of different pathways there's a lot of problems to solve we will get there in the end um, but there are things we can do today with with what we've got today and we can all do a little less burning of carbon as well that's you know that's something we can turn the lights off we can insulate our homes we can we can not drive to the shops we can walk to the shops and you know i, I see more and more people taking that option i'm, I'm going to walk it's only 20 minutes i'll walk rather than getting in the car absolutely so there's so much opportunity to mm. come into the industry make a difference and that difference may take time but you can be part of the future exactly exactly We've got about five minutes left, so I want to talk a little bit about now and life and everything. So, what, what's your what's your life metric? What's something that you is your life metric that you really focus on and you won't deviate from? What's something that you you kind of really you metric you have been for the last couple of years? Um, my life metric. Well, I, I'm quite I'm, I'm quite passionate about sport and exercise, and I'm very focused on on that and, and you know this was something that came to me during the pandemic actually you know I, I i took the view that i probably won't be able to avoid this horrible disease if it if it fits affects me but what i can do is give myself a better chance of recovering from it by by looking after myself a little better and so you know when i joked about doing press-ups that was that was probably me subconsciously saying i probably should have done some exercise this morning but now that that for me is is very important. I want I want to have time in my day and time in my week rather to to get my exercise, to get outdoors, get some fresh air, get some get some space. Um, you know, we all. I love London. I love being in London, but I also love being out in the countryside as well and getting some green around me and you know getting some space and you know or walking by the Thames. That's a nice thing to do as well. So get some exercise and, and, and you know, trying to keep myself in reasonably good shape. You're doing a brilliant job of thinking about what you eat. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could never be that disciplined, frankly. I'm, I had a biscuit. So um, that me, I'm, I, I just can't control that. I, so how I deal with it is I burn it off, but through exercise. And, you know, I don't do as good a job as I could do, but I, uh, you know, I, I enjoy it as well. And that, that helps me decompress also. Absolutely, and I think you, like you said at the start, the start line, yeah. micro commitments, break it down. When I first started my fasting, it was quite difficult. Yeah. But I'm a big believer: what gets measured gets done. And if you want something done, measure it. So I've got apps to help me. Clicks, it pings when I cannot eat, Brilliant. when I can't eat, yeah. and stuff. And there's loads of tools out there to get you to your journey, right? Absolutely, and, and you know the exercise thing, the, the online content that is free in many cases today. And as you say. 10 minutes is better than nothing you know <laughs> and it can be 10 minutes of stretching and that kind of thing and everybody feels better for it and you know we're in in the workplace working from home we don't move enough when we're working from home in the office it's it's just you get up you go to a conference room you go to the kitchen you go out to the sandwich shop whereas at home it's it's all the same room it's isn't all the it? same room you don't move Absolutely. and you wake up at the end of the day and your knees are aching and your calves are tight and so we've got to move as well but i you know the the, the online content to help us through these things and, and as you say breaking it down into small chunks and what's what's one bit of advice that you've been given life advice career advice that's really stuck with you that and will continue to stick with you well look i think it's about continuing your education and, and working hard. I mean, I was always encouraged to work hard. My father um, set that example for me, I think. Um, and I've always taken the approach that 
I might not be the smartest guy in the room, but I can maybe be the hardest working guy in the room. And you know that 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 can can get you through. And but also keep educating yourself, keep learning. There's all and, and be curious. You know, you that for me is 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 really important because when we stop being curious, and it's not just about work, but about the world, it's it's a bit sad. And what's one piece of advice that you've been given that you disagree with? <laughs> and you you tried it and it might not work worked out. Uh, we can. Well, there's all these gurus online telling you to do this, get rich quick, and all this stuff, and it's not true. Well, I would ignore that. Yeah, I mean, get any anybody who tells you get rich quick, quick, invest in this because the opportunity is going away tomorrow. The opportunity is not going away tomorrow. First of all, um, and you know, there's a lot of young people who. Unfortunately, have maybe invested in cryptos, and yeah, they might have done well, but I suspect you don't hear about the ones who haven't done very well, lost a lot of money. There is no quick way to to making a fortune through these things. If it happens to someone, that's very, very rare. So those online get-rich-quick schemes, uh, ignore them. Absolutely, and two more questions, and... We are at the end of the show. <laughs> What's your invisible success? What's made you successful throughout your career? Oh, well, you know, my, my family, really. You know, I've got my wife and kids. You know, they're not invisible, by the way. <laughs> but they're there. And, you know, I've always, I've always felt I've got to do this for them. Uh, and, and my parents as well. You know, I've got to do this for them. I've got to make them, make them proud of me. And that's, that's, that's what has driven me a lot of the time. And my final, final question, and you know this one's coming. What you do, they flip. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Yeah, you know, I like to make things happen. That's that's you know, I, 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 and it, making things happen can be be as simple as going in and just sort of cheering up the guys on the desk who have had a tough day the day before. Um, it can be to deal with that nasty problem that we've got to do. It can be to do those performance appraisals that I've been putting off, you know, that's what gets me out of bed actually, is I want to make something happen. I, I want to make, thing, make things different make, and change things and improve things. And that's, that's really what I'm about. And on that note, I just want to say thank you for giving your time. I know this is something you don't normally do, and I've had to persuade you with a few biscuits and a cup of tea <laughs> to get you here. But I just want to say thank you for your wisdom, your advice, your energy, your kindness, both on camera, off camera. I just say thanks, Paul. Well, thanks for giving us the opportunity, Jack. I really appreciated it. And, you know, I think this is a fabulous platform that you've created here. You've done a brilliant job to build this up to the scale it is. And really, congratulations, you. Thank you. And that is all we have time for. What a fantastic show we had with Paul. We talked about Paul's first job. It's all about hard work. And if you do see something in the workplace that you're not happy with, go and speak to something. Do things the right way. We've also talked about being curious. It's really important to ask loads of questions. If you're going to an interview, take an interest. Go on that About Me page and see about that organization because that experienced leader will notice that and they will take that on board. And we've also talked about a bit about when you get a bit bored and you're in a job and you're doing a task, break it down, start and then look at the due date. Ask your colleagues for support if you don't know the answer. But if you need a break, do a press up. <laughs> and that is all we have time for today. And for everyone tuning in, fantastic that you've been able to be here today. This is season three. A huge thank you to our support with a fever. Uh, EY and Total Jobs who are support. There is real life jobs on Total Jobs at Paul's company. We've seen them. They're online if you want to go and check them out. Go and check out the apprenticeship opportunities and the grad schemes as well. And until next time, stay safe, be graceful and be kind. feel a bit puzzling maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy or working out the right protection for your health home and family 
you're feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path, Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles? It takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for it. Knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning. Ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support. Empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated. My voice amplified. For always feeling heard and saying without hesitation. I love what I do. That's why. EY. Mom, I got the job! She got the job! Who got the job? <laughs> She got the job. She got the job. She got the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. Yeah.